Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war fight for medical freedom and informed consent, grassroots legislative action plays a crucial role. It empowers individuals to stand up for their rights and ensures that their voices are heard in the halls of power. Medical freedom is a fundamental human right, allowing individuals to make informed decisions about their own health care without undue interference or coercion. It encompasses the right to choose alternative treatments, refuse medical interventions, and have access to full and unbiased information. However, this freedom is often under threat from various forces, be it government regulations, pharmaceutical interests, or societal pressures. That's where grassroots legislative action comes into play. Through grassroots efforts, individuals can come together as a unified force to advocate for laws that protect medical freedom and informed consent. This can involve organizing rallies, writing letters to legislators, sharing personal stories of medical choice infringement, and lobbying for change. By engaging in such actions at the local level, communities can raise awareness about the importance of medical freedom and push for legislation that upholds individual rights. These movements have the power to bring about meaningful change by influencing lawmakers and shaping public opinion. By taking an active role in shaping this legislation at the local level, we can ensure that our voices are heard loud and clear when it comes to matters of personal health choices and our inherent right to make informed decisions about our own well-being. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Before we get started today, I do want to encourage our listeners, if you have questions or comments, or perhaps you want to share your own experiences with what you're seeing on the front lines of healthcare. You can now submit those to us by sending them directly to nurses at americaoutloud.com. We will be featuring your questions and comments every Tuesday on a special Q&A episode with the nurses. We encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you are able to do that, we will continue to be that voice for you. Joining me today is Jackie Schlegel. She is a mother of three young adults, including one with profound developmental disabilities and complex medical needs. Using her own experiences navigating complicated medical institutions and bureaucratic agencies, Jackie began to mentor other parents facing similar circumstances. With the knowledge and experiences gained through an extensive history of advocating for families like hers, Jackie founded and served as the Director of Communications for Connections Kids, a magazine that served as a resource guide to the families of special needs children. In 2015, modeling legislation passed in California, a Texas legislator filed a vaccine mandate bill that would have stripped parents of their right to informed consent when choosing what vaccines their children would receive. In response, Jackie threw her hat into the political arena. 
Thanks to her well-established reputation within the complex care community, Jackie was able to quickly organize other passionate parents to become effective advocates for vaccine freedom of choice in the state legislature. Under Jackie's leadership, the group successfully defeated the vaccine mandate bill, along with 15 other bills filed that legislative session that would have infringed on Texans' right to informed consent, medical privacy, and vaccine freedom of choice. Over the last eight years, Jackie has become the state's most influential advocate for medical freedom, building coalitions among legislators and stakeholders to advance sound policies that protect the rights of parents, patients, and professionals alike. In 2021, as a direct result of Jackie working diligently alongside legislators at all levels of state government, a revolutionary bipartisan medical protection bill was passed unanimously through both the Texas House and State Senate and a ban on vaccine passports was signed into law by Governor Greg Abbott. Jackie's become a highly sought after public speaker as she educates individuals from all walks of life on their medical rights. Her endless energy and tenacity inspire others to take charge of their health and to effectively advocate for themselves and for the cause of medical freedom. Thanks to her unwavering resolve and commitment, the medical freedom community has gained respect and notoriety, and Texans for Medical Freedom has expanded its influence across the state. She continues to empower individuals in their personal, professional, and political lives to ensure that the foundational rights of medical freedom is preserved for future generations. Jackie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And as you were reading that bio, I just realized I need to update it with our latest huge victory in Texas, which is the ban on COVID vaccine mandates across the board. That is amazing. Yes, that definitely needs to be added. Absolutely. That is fantastic. So tell me, well, we'll get to that in a minute because I really want to hear um, a little bit more about how you got started. So, um, so I met you, we connected at an event in Scottsdale, Arizona recently. What was that about a month ago now, right? Yes. Yeah. And I believe we met before, did we not? At, didn't we meet here at the event in Texas? Potentially, you know, I think we're both traveling all over God's creation, spreading the message of medical freedom. So uh, highly likely, but the last time we spoke was at the conference in Phoenix. Yes. Yes. Um, so it was great to connect with you. Um, I, you know, I always love connecting with people who are just warriors in this fight, and you absolutely are a warrior in this fight. But I would love it if you would just share with our listeners, you know, what inspired you to start advocating for families who are facing uh, similar circumstances to your own? Sure. Well, this journey started for me over 20 years ago. It's hard for me to believe um, I've been at this for so long, but it started just like it did for many of us as parents, as a young mom. I was expecting my firstborn child. Um, I researched all the things of you know breastfeeding and car seats and safety and just like any new mom was so excited to start my journey into motherhood with this precious baby girl but i never thought about the vaccine issue just wasn't something that crossed my mind 
I was vaccinated. Everybody I knew was vaccinated. I didn't know there was such a thing as choice in regards to vaccination. It was just something that we did. I was not truly informed on the risk, on the benefits, on the potential consequences or side effects of those vaccines. And my moment came when my daughter was four months of age. She had a severe, irreversible reaction to her four-month-old shots and ultimately changed the course of her life, my life, her family's life. Um, she's 22 years old today. She's amazing and beautiful, and we love her to pieces. She's made a lot of progress the last few years, but the reality is, is that left her with a brain injury. That brain injury has left her permanently affected. She'll need care the rest of her life. She's unlikely to ever be able to live independently. Um, and that really opened up my eyes again to this world that I just didn't know existed. I did not know you could be injured by your vaccines to the point of needing full assistance. Uh, my pediatrician at the time told me that vaccines were so safe and so effective. She had never seen an injury in all of her years of practicing. Again, I now know that that's just simply not true. Um, vaccines can cause injury. They can cause harm. Like any medical um, procedure, there are risks and there are benefits. And parents need to be um, given full informed consent so that they can make the best choice for their, for their children and their families. Absolutely. Can I ask, when um, was it that you realized that the reaction that you did, you know, immediately that this was a reaction to the vaccine or did it take you a little while to make that connection? Because I because I feel like so much we're just every parents are just gaslit constantly and they're made to believe that it's, you know, anything else. This isn't the vaccine didn't cause this. Was it something you knew right away or did it take you a little bit to figure it out? Well, we knew she had the reaction immediately. We ended up back in urgent care within a minute. Her breathing pattern had changed. She was, you know, having seizures. She would scream for four days straight after her vaccine. What we didn't understand was the lasting impact. It was my understanding when the fever went away, the screaming stopped, when, you know, when things seemed to have settled a little bit, um, that she would get better and she would recover. Cover. That never happened. Um, I did go on to make different vaccine decisions for her siblings, but again, under the impression that they had to have these shots and you could slow them down, you could space them out, but that not vaccinating really wasn't an option. I, of course, later would find out that this is just simply not true. And there are many families, indeed, who are foregoing vaccines and who have healthy, happy, well-adjusted, developmentally um, are on target children. So I, I do not think vaccines are one size fits all, um, but my journey certainly was a progression to get there. Oh, absolutely. I understand. Like I, I tell people all the time, you know, I didn't come into this fight anti-vax, but I will be leaving that way. Um, you know, I just never realized, much like you, I never realized 
you know, I think we're also conditioned and um, to believe that they're just they're completely safe and effective. And I always assumed that those people were doing their due diligence, you know, that the, the uh, people that worked in that realm. And as nurses, the only education that we get is safe, effective and necessary. And I'll tell you, it's something I'm, I'm really just really I carry a lot of guilt and shame over because I should have been asking these these questions sooner when parents are relying on my knowledge and expertise as a nurse to guide them and make sure that their consent is true and, and, and informed. And I don't think that we can we absolutely can't give informed consent when we ourselves are not truly informed. Sure, 1000%. And um, did you ever receive any type of compensation? Did you go through vaccine court or anything like that? No, again, just no clue. We, I, I didn't understand the process. I didn't know anything about it. Um, didn't know my rights. And, um, you know, and I think that's the boat that many parents find themselves in. Uh, you, you know, play by the rules. You do what you are told to do. And then you end up injured or harmed by this product and you figure out real quick, not only are you left to pick up the pieces, um, but you're going to be most likely mocked. You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be put down by friends and family members, community members. Um, you're going to be labeled called crazy. And it's a very, very lonely, isolating um, world when you are the parent of a vaccine injured child. Absolutely. And I see that more and more every day. But can you share this with the listeners? Some, what are some of the challenges that you face while you're navigating this? It's a very complex, you know, these medical institutions, these bureaucratic agencies, you know, nothing uh, government run is ever efficient. Um, but what are some of the challenges that you have faced and that you have, you know, come come out the other side of that victorious. Sure. Um, specifically on the legislative side, I will tell you when I threw my hat into the political arena back in 2015, I had never, you know, really been at my state capital before. I, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I just knew I needed to do something. And so I stepped foot in that building. I started meeting with legislators. And at the time, pre-COVID, I mean, this was a very, very difficult topic. People didn't believe you when you said your child was injured by a vaccine. Even those who did believe you and maybe even shared their beliefs they really didn't want that to be publicly known. They certainly didn't want to be the face of a bill that was aimed at protecting your rights to informed consent, to vaccine freedom. Um, this was just a really difficult subject. And I had many, many years of walking those halls, those lonely, empty halls, just having one conversation at a time with anybody who would listen to me. 2019 was a really challenging year for the vaccine freedom movement. Um, if you remember, that's when there was this measles outbreak at Disneyland. There was a handful of measles cases, and they were going to use this to shove a policy 
all across the country down our throats, including here in the great state of Texas. I mean, Texas is known for freedom and liberty, but when it came to this issue, we were just as um, uh, dangerous as any other state as they were actually looking to California on how to pass policy to infringe on our rights. But those meetings in this capital were difficult. They would put, legislators would put signs on doors that said, if you weren't up to date with all of your vaccines, you would not be welcome in this office. But we never wavered. I never stopped. We found wins where we could get them in, in 2017. We passed protections um, for kids in state CPS care to um, continue to allow their parents to make medical decisions for them. And we slowly just started to chip away at the greater issue. But it was incredibly challenging. And then, of course, I think, like for many of us, um, COVID changed everything back in 2021. And that's really paved the way for the medical freedom community as we know it today, um, which we still have a lot of work to do. But as, as you know, as we progress through um, unwinding the COVID damage that has been done, we're seeing a lot of doors open to proactive policy and legislation. And that's very exciting. Absolutely. And I, I can only imagine, you know, you've been at this for decades. I've been at this and in this fight for, uh, you know, I'm, I'm relatively new to it at, uh, you know, when COVID really opened my eyes. And so uh, under three years, and I'm already just so frustrated by um, just the apathy, you know, and just people who are not awake. I try to remember there was a time when I myself was not awake and I try to give grace, but it's so extremely frustrating to me. So I can only imagine what it has been like for you and others who have been out here literally for decades, you know, and you're still standing. So I mean, kudos to you. My hats are my hats off to you that you are still here. You're taking all of these slings and arrows and you are still here standing strong in this fight. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Um, but, you know, how do you handle criticism and pushback from individuals or organizations that just, that don't support your advocacy efforts? You know, the, the truth of that is none of it ever compares to holding your screaming infant who hasn't slept in four days because they're having this significant reaction to their vaccines. I mean, truly, as difficult as my job is, the, the patients the one conversation at a time, the getting up every single day and walking into those offices, it pales in comparison to the sacrifice my daughter made. It pales in comparison, truthfully, to even being her mom. And I say that in the most loving way because it is such a joy and an honor to be her mother. But it's so difficult. It, it affects every aspect of your life. It affects the marriage. It affects the children, the siblings. I mean, the majority of our families are single moms. Um, the siblings oftentimes struggle with mental health issues as a result to what has happened to this family. These families have been financially devastated. Um, emotionally broken. And truly, I take that pain and I take 
that heartache in every single day, I, I harness it and I channel it into the energy to go fight for these families. And it is a tough journey. It's a long battle. But every day I get up and I just pray that I can do it justice. And I pray that as long as God gives me the resources, I'm going to keep putting one foot in the front of the other because kids like my daughter, like her peers, you know, she's 22 years old. She should be in college. She should be living her life. She should be, you know, thinking about her future career and marriage and children. And she can. She will never have that opportunity. And when I think about that, that is what fuels me to be on the front lines to not only make sure that I do everything I can to redeem what was given to her, but to make sure that every single other person who has taken one for the team, who, who was told that this was the right decision for them, and then they ended up on the losing side of it to make sure that we fight as hard as we can to protect them and to fight for the rights of their loved ones and those who have yet to come. Yeah, and and when you were going through this, there was virtually no resources available to you. Is that right? Oh, correct. Um, I, you know, over the last 20 years, seeing how this has completely evolved, and even just in the last few years, um, the resources available, how widely uh, known this issue is now, certainly we're in a completely different position um, than we were. Uh, the, the battle's bigger than it's ever been, but thankfully we have more resources to connect and to, um, you know, take charge. Absolutely. And that's, I'm guessing, what motivated you to find, uh, to be the founder of Connections Kids Magazine. And that is providing these families with these important resources Sure. It is interesting. You know, we were just at this conference and I do feel a little bit out of the loop now with some of the breakthrough technologies that we have to care for these individuals. I'm so focused on the legislation into passing bills to protect our rights, but I'm incredibly thankful for those who are out there. there there's a lot of great people doing really good work right now on this issue. Oh, exactly. And you're right. I mean, there are, there are new resources popping up. And I, like you said, it's, it's been a frustrating time to see so much apathy. But, you know, on the flip side of that, we do see so many people really working hard in this space to try to find solutions for people. I'm very solutions oriented. I, you know, I don't like to focus so much on the problem and we have to identify the problem. But we've identified this problem a million times over. We've got to start focusing on solutions and where do we go from here and how do we make it so that no more families have to go through this? Not just being able to provide support for them, but making it so we can be done with this. We can start um, cultivating a generation of healthy children. When we look, look at the um, data from the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated uh, health outcomes in children, that is some compelling evidence. That really is what turned me uh, to the other side. A thousand percent. And, you know, that is why what I do as well is so important on the legislative um, front to make sure that individuals have the right 
to choose from them for themselves. Um, some of the issues we were having here in Texas, we had well-respected doctors and nurses and healthcare providers who many of them even got the first dose of the COVID vaccine and they didn't want to get a booster. They didn't want to get a second and a third shot or they had had a significant reaction to the first one. And even as medical professionals, their hospitals, their employers were denying their request even when their own doctors were requesting that they be giving an exemption um, for the COVID shot. So their rights were being, you know, hugely violated and impacted. And that's why it was so important that we continue to fight for this policy um, to roll back on these mandates so that ultimately individuals, whether a doctor, a nurse, or just an everyday layperson, has the choice to make medical decisions for themselves. And we were very successful on the COVID vaccine mandates, rolling that back here in Texas, but our work um, is not done to ensure that um, we continue our work to make sure that all vaccines are a choice to the individual. Absolutely. I don't know if you saw this, but the they are now coming out with an, an an adult RSV vaccine. Like I've been in healthcare for nearly 30 years. Adult RSV has never been a thing. I'd never seen it in my entire 30 year, nearly 30 year career um, until you know we started rolling out with these COVID vaccines and destroying people's immune systems. Now all of a sudden we are seeing this crop up and then um, almost immediately we have a vaccine for now adult RSV. What are your thoughts on that? Have you seen that? I've gotten a lot of questions on this. Uh, I'm getting some text messages just this week. Again, from a policy standpoint, you know, we're going to get into that building and we're going to fight for um, legislation that will protect your rights to make these medical decisions for yourself across the board on every in you know all vaccines that now and in the future that come down the pike we believe it should be your choice and you have to have full informed consent and ultimately that includes a choice whether to take the vaccine or to deny it and that's what we're going to be working on Absolutely. And that is that's where it really comes down to is people need to have informed consent. And to, uh, to date, that is not happening. Informed consent never existed with the COVID vaccines or really with any of them, but certainly not with the COVID vaccines when so many doctors, nurses and other medical professionals were using the words safe and effective when really we would have no way of knowing that we didn't have any long term safety data. Short term data was alarming um, to say the very least, but yet they were still parroting that narrative safe and defective, um, which to me is completely egregious. And in my opinion, anybody who said that really should be stripped of their licensure and I believe brought up on criminal charges um, for for the, the consequences that we have seen as a result because so many people just really implicitly trust the white coat. And that is how we got into this mess in the first place. So having resources like your organization, uh, like my organization and others around the world that are really informing people is so necessary because if you don't have all of the information, 
you don't have a choice. There's no choice if you don't have all of the information. Sure. And it is fascinating because during our hearings at the state capitol, even just recently, there are legislators still under the impression and still that believe that, you know, it's because of these vaccines, we are, you know, in a place where we could open up where the pandemic is more under control than it would be if we didn't have vaccines. Um, we speak a lot about misinformation, but the misinformation is rampant on the safety and efficacy of these vaccines. Um, and, it, it, and we're still seeing that, unfortunately. Right. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that there is zero evidence, zero evidence of any vaccine decreasing mortality from any disease. Like that is clean water systems is what we have to thank for that. But people are so conditioned to believe that vaccines have like been the, the savior of the world when again, zero, zero evidence that links it to a decrease in mortality in any disease. And that is for any vaccine across the board. Um, but I am happy and excited and hopeful to see that. I, I saw this recently. Uh, there was an article put out by NBC News that the CDC reports the highest childhood vaccine exemption rate ever in the United States. That was um, just recently reported. It said 40 states saw a rise in parents citing religious or other personal concerns for not vaccinating their young children. So I think that, you know, COVID has been if there's a silver lining to it, it is definitely that it has awakened so many and we are starting to pay attention and we are starting to research and um, look for other alternatives and other sources of information because it is clear that the CDC, the FDA, AMA, all of those three letter organizations are completely corrupted and have been, um, they've been overtaken. Well, you know, you think about this and it's like it's very norm normal for us when we go to the grocery store to read our food label, right? Like we want to know what we're consuming. Most people want to know what's in their food. But do you think about that when you take a vaccine? Several years ago, I, I don't know that most people really would have given much thought to it. Um, one of the bills we have worked on throughout the years that unfortunately has not been successful is a bill that would require physicians give you the median excipient list, um, the ingredient list at the time of vaccination so that you can have true informed consent. And the argument from the industry, from the lobbyists, from the associations is that if parents are given that information of the contents of their children's vaccines, they will not vaccinate. And therefore, you're jeopardizing the vaccine program. To me, the issue seems to be with what's in the vaccines, if that's what's going to cause parents to turn away from them. But rather than just face it head on, they choose to, you know, therefore just withhold that informed consent from you in order to force this vaccine or strong arm you into taking it for your children. And I think individuals are waking up to that and they see that as a problem. 
Absolutely. And I, I think you were there um, at that recent event in Scottsdale when we did the medical panel. Um, I was on a panel with um, uh, some just amazing, amazing uh, doctors. And Dr. Henry Ely was on this panel. He's also a host here on America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Um, he was up there and he did a, a fantastic kind of example of uh, just identifying some of the ingredients in vaccines that people don't know about. They don't realize that. So he had them look up the uh, ingredients and there, I mean, there were lots of sugars and there was, I mean, formaldehyde I mean, all of these different things. And then he made that point, you know, would you put this on a spoon and feed it to your baby? If you, if the answer is no, then don't inject it into them either. And that's such a valid point. Yeah. One of my favorite um, videos to show as I'm traveling and touring and speaking on uh, vaccine freedom is this family talking deposition. I'm sure many of your listeners are very familiar with Stanley Plotkin in this video, this deposition, um, where he talks a little bit about the process of what goes into a vaccine and who's it tested on. And he very nonchalantly, you know, addresses fetal cells in vaccines. And I think especially here in Texas, where you have a population who really values life, um, uh, that's a really tough pill to swallow when they realize that there's fetal cells from aborted babies in these vaccines. And, and, and that's really difficult for a lot of people to, to hear and to really wrap their brain around. Absolutely. Well, we're going to come up on a break, but I want, we have so much more to dig into when we get back. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa 24-7. Great talk radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Don't forget to check out our online store at americaoutloud.shop where you can find all of the products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including ASEA Redox, which I can personally speak to seeing fantastic results with, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. Use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your purchase. I'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and then. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. 
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. If you're just joining us, I've been talking with advocate for vaccine choice, Jackie Schlegel. Jackie, thank you again for being here with me today. 
I really enjoyed this conversation. It's been fantastic. I think we've hit so many really important uh, points. And before we went to the break, we were talking about um, just the the having the information because it's it's true we don't have all of the information and you really i am of the very firm belief i believe in choice i believe in individualized healthcare. i think everybody should have a choice if they want a vaccine i guess except for the covid vaccine which is very very harmful um but i just am really of the belief that if people were truly informed and knew had all of the information that this is a choice that nobody would make I don't think anyone would choose to vaccinate. Sure. And again, I think we're seeing that uh, in recent polling, and I've seen several articles come out to show just how many Americans have gotten the latest booster shot, and the numbers are dwindling. But I think what's so fascinating about that, despite significant failures in the vaccine, despite major safety concerns, um, there's still this massive push. I mean, every single day when I open up Instagram, you'll see even the White House pushing this vaccine. Have you gotten your COVID shot? Have you gotten your flu shot? Have you gotten your RSV shot? It just seems that they have this narrative. They are dug in. They are not letting up. They're going to keep trying to cram this vaccine down their throats, whether we want it or not, which is why our advocacy to maintain our rights and to never, ever allow um, ourselves to hand them over like we did during COVID. We must continue our fight. So important. Absolutely. And we did, you know, we collectively as a society, well, not all of us, but a lot of society really, you know, fear is a big proponent. And a lot of people were very willing to give up their liberties for this COVID vaccine and, and for the promise of safety or for you know going back to normal or a new normal or whatever it was that they were talking about. Um, and, and I couldn't believe what I was saying, but how everybody was so compliant and not just begrudgingly so, they were happy to be compliant for what they thought was the greater good. Um, but we've all been just lied to, but I think you're right. They've really dug in. Um, they have definitely big pharma, uh, the industrial medical complex, the corrupt system has really overplayed their hand. So those numbers are starting to dwindle. And I feel like they they just are digging in because there's really nowhere else for them to go. You know, they're just going to have to keep pushing, pushing and get whoever they can on board. Yeah, but again, like I, you know, we've been talking about the narrative is definitely shifting, but they are digging in, which is why it's more important than ever um, that you have states and groups like Texans for Medical Freedom who are on the front line of making sure that, you know, history does not repeat itself and that you have a presence in your community in your state that is fighting back to regain the liberties lost during this time. Um, and they are going to continue to fight for their agenda. They're going to put their profits and their politics above the needs of the people. And so it's so important that we come together and no matter where you are on this issue, whether you, you know, take one vaccine, all vaccines, no vaccines, Really, in my opinion, um, from a legislative standpoint, it's pretty irrelevant. Do you believe that you have 
choice? Do you believe that these decisions are best left to individuals and their chosen medical providers? And if you do, um, I would say that's why, you know, that's where we come together and that's where we need to support each other and making sure that we work to protect our rights. Absolutely. And you know, no matter where you fall on the political spectrum, I think that the one thing that we can absolutely unite around is freedom and choice, or I would at least hope so. Um, that's why, the again, the work that you do is so, so important. But I want to just touch briefly on you had this incredible uh, legislative victory with uh, banning the COVID vaccine mandates in the state of Texas, which is uh, just amazing. But how much pushback was that? Was it a hard fought battle? How much pushback did you have from legislators and from um, Texans? Did you have a lot of support? Or was sure. Well, you know, it's been a long journey. It started um, over the course of the last two years. We were able to ban COVID vaccine passports at the time when we passed that bill. Um, it, 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 it was it was difficult. It was it was, you know, an uphill battle. It was still a new concept that legislators were really unsure of like, really, like, we can, you know, businesses are asking people for their shot records for their COVID vaccine passport. It was a new concept, but they knew we needed to act quickly to ensure the medical privacy of Texans. And that was a long, hard fought battle. But ultimately, we got that bill passed. And that was really the first big step, again, towards unwinding this COVID policy. Then we came in this legislative session, and we passed SB 29, which was a bill um, that protects citizens' rights from government mandates, meaning the government cannot mandate mask mandates or vaccine mandates, and they cannot have COVID shutdowns. And we were incredibly proud of that legislation. Um, we gained, you know, bipartisan support on that effort. But we had more work to be done because we had private employers in the state of Texas who were still mandating this vaccine um, as a condition of employment. This was definitely the hardest battle that we faced. This took an enormous amount of boots on the ground, just sheer advocacy of being in our state capitol every single day, educating and bringing in, you know, doctors and nurses and people who had been terminated or lost their livelihoods or their careers and students as a result of these mandates. Um, but we eventually changed the tide. We were able to, you know, bring this issue to the forefront and eventually Governor Abbott put this on the special session call agenda and said that we were long past the time where this reform was needed and he expected the legislature to act. And that's when we came in in early October and worked with the legislature. Um, I will tell you the associations, the lobbyists for the industries were fit to be tied on this legislation. They came in 
believing they were going to get a carve out, an exemption for their industry. And I'm so proud of our legislators. We had Senator Middleton in the Senate. We had Representative Jeff Leach in the House who stood front and center with our governor. And they said, we will not compromise on this bill. Not only would there be no exclusions for healthcare providers, we increase the administrative penalty from $10,000 to $50,000 for every occurrence that you attempt to try to mandate this vaccine. Texas is taking this seriously. Our governor said when he signed the bill that I, I was invited to be in attendance, which was just such an honor to be there. I was the only non-elected official um, who was invited to be at the bill signing ceremony, but Governor Abbott stated that this was long past due, and he was proud to sign this legislation and protect the citizens of Texas. And we have now seen major hospital um, associations come out and now roll back their policies mandating this vaccine. I've had professors at local colleges reach out to me and say they retired as a practicing nurse because of this COVID vaccine mandate and they went into a different pr profession and now they are contemplating going back to the job they love because of this bill has now given them back their rights. I'm so excited and so proud our elected officials, again, they they stood firm. They were willing to go head to head um, with those who came against this bill to ensure Texans have the right to choose. And we got we got the job done on this one. We're very excited about it. That's amazing. And I'm just so grateful and proud of your efforts. And, and it's no wonder I want to be a Texan. So I'm working so hard to become a Texan. <laughs> That is my plan uh, to, you know, beginning of uh, 2024 to get out here to Texas full time um, and become a full fledged Texan. And it's no wonder why, because look at what is happening, the amazing things that are happening out here. Thanks in large part to your efforts. And, you know, for 2024, and I've said this for a couple months now that where I really want to make a priority is to get in front of as many state legislatures as I can with my testimony. I've, I've testified in front of uh, several, but it, that is my, my goal, is to be able to travel around and to give this testimony to basically anyone who will listen, um, of not only about the vaccines, but also what I witnessed at the bedside inside of hospitals in our country that are you know systematically murdering patients for profit i have not found a nice way to say that but that's happening and it's being largely ignored so i think that you know getting in front of these uh state legislators these uh, elected officials is so important that they hear and they know about what is happening and what's going on so certainly if there is ever anything i can do to help in your efforts I am more than willing, more than willing to do what I can. Well, Texas would absolutely love to have you. Um, I, I, you, we had previously discussed, you know, how we had changed the conversation, had we had really flipped the narrative here, and it really comes back to that one 
conversation at a time. I go back to 2015, where I painstakingly walked the Capitol, building relationships, going office to office, even if they didn't like me, even if they didn't even understand me, even if they thought I was crazy. Just throughout the years, I had built these relationships, kept the dialogue open um, in that building. They know I am a trusted source that is going to be there day or night to answer their questions. And you have to be prepared and you have to plant the seeds and know that it's going to take every person, every legislator, every office, uh, a different process, a little bit different timeline to come to the point where we want them to be able to pass a bill like that. And that's okay. We have to stay the course. This is not a one in done effort. This takes a lot of people, a lot of conversations and, you know, sometimes several years to get bills done. But I think we are proof when you stay the course and you keep fighting for that right policy that's in the best interest of citizens, ultimately you will come out on the winning team. Amen. And I'll tell you, it, I don't think people realize what it takes and what is put into building those relationships that are so important. And like you said, whether they agree, disagree, at the end of the day, they respect you. They understand uh, that you are a trusted source, but it takes time. That is, isn't something that happens overnight. I see that in uh, my uh, state of Tennessee, where I am at currently, and work that we've done there with uh, with our legislators. And it is, you have to go in and, and meet with these legislators on a regular basis. You can't go in there once a year. Like you have to go in there and build these relationships, keep those lines of communication open. Um, we have just a few minutes left, but I, I really want to know what steps you would recommend for, for individuals who are wanting to get more involved in this type of grassroots legislative action in their own communities. Well, there are states and there are groups all across the country who are doing really good work. So reach out to your local officials, your, your state representative, your state senators, ask them who the groups doing the good work who share your beliefs and your values and who support medical freedom. Who are those people? How can you get active? How can you get involved? Um, I talked about this a few weeks ago on the high wire with Del Bigtree. He said, you know, one of the things that he himself even got caught up in was being part of groups that are really angry or really frustrating and do a lot more screaming than they do talking. And I tell you as somebody on the front lines of this issue, you need to work with a group. You need to work with individuals who can keep themselves composed, who can advocate with a level of elegance. Um, and this is a very emotional topic, but if you don't have a group that can go in there and address the naysayers with grace and elegance, then you're better off going in by yourself just as a citizen advocate. Um, but get involved, you know, find out who your local and state elected officials are, start the conversation with them. Um, you don't have to know everything about this issue to let your voices be heard. They work for you. They are elected by you. And so start that conversation and, and get in there and start to let them know why this issue is important to you. 
Absolutely. And we'll include some links in the show notes and some helpful resources to help you find your elected officials. I think that is the first step is knowing who your representatives are and how you are able to reach them. I have, you know, in my own um, work through in my local community, I have come to realize that many people just don't even know who is representing them. And that is not a good thing. Uh, always very important to know who and how to reach them and to keep those communicate uh, lines of communication open and build those relationships. Jackie Schlegel, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to have to have you come back because there is certainly no shortage of topics that we could cover and would love to have you back on again. This has been such a pleasure to talk to you um, and to get to know you a little bit more. I hope if there are questions that we did not address during the show today, that your followers and your supporters will reach out to me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on X. I'm on Instagram, Texans for Medical Freedom, um, and both Jackie Schlegel, just my personal page. I want to hear from you. I want to connect with your audience. And if there are um, individuals who want to learn how to advocate in their communities and in their state capitol buildings, I want to be a resource to them. So texansformedicalfreedom.org is a great place to find me as well. Absolutely. And we'll make sure we include every way to contact you in our show notes. Uh, please give Jackie a follow. Uh, follow her work. It is absolutely amazing. I am so grateful for you. And I'm certain that we are going to be connecting even more as I uh, make those painstaking efforts to become a full-fledged Texan. And that's all the time that we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can also catch the encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and you can find me here every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Remember that we are in a war for truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. No topic is off limits as we shine our light and expose the darkness.